0: Welcome to Tales from Long Ago, a podcast brought to you by tutusandfairytales.com, bringing wonder into your home through stories and crafts. Today we're going to wrap up the Spanish tale of The Bird of Truth. Then the swallow flew away, and the children, who had forgotten both hunger and weariness in the joy of this strange news, rose up and followed in the direction of her flight. After two hours' walking, they arrived at a large city, which they felt sure must be the capital of their father's kingdom. Seeing a good-natured-looking woman standing at the door of a house, they asked her if she would give them a night's lodging, and she was so pleased with their pretty faces and nice manners that she welcomed them warmly. It was scarcely light the next morning before the girl was sweeping out the rooms and the boy was watering the garden so that by the time the good woman came downstairs there was nothing left for her to do. This so delighted her that she begged the children to stay with her altogether, and the boy answered that he would leave his sisters with her gladly, but that he himself had serious business on hand, and must not linger in pursuit of it. So he bade them farewell, and set out. For three days he wandered by the most out-of-the-way paths, but no signs of a tower were to be seen anywhere. On the fourth morning it was just the same, and, filled with despair, he flung himself on the ground under a tree and hid his face in his hands. In a little while he heard a rustling over his head, and looking up he saw a turtle dove watching him with her bright eyes. "'Oh, dove!' cried the boy, addressing the bird in her own language. "'Oh, dove, tell me, I pray you, where is the castle of come and never go?' "Poor child,' answered the dove, Who has sent you on such a useless quest? My good or evil fortune, replied the boy, I know not which. Oh, to get there, said the dove, you must follow the wind which today is blowing towards the castle. The boy thanked her and followed the wind, fearing all the time that it might change its direction and lead him astray. But the wind seemed to feel pity for him and blew steadily on. With each step the country became more and more dreary, but at nightfall the child could see behind the darkened bare rocks something darker still. This was the tower in which dwelt the witch, and seizing the knocker he gave three loud knocks which were echoed in the hollows of the rocks around. The door opened slowly, and there appeared on the threshold an old woman holding up a candle to her face, which was so hideous that the boy involuntarily stepped backwards, almost as frightened by the troop of lizards, beetles, and such creatures that surrounded her as by the woman herself. "'Who are you to come and knock at my door and wake me?' cried she. "'Be quick and tell me what you want, or it will be the worse for you.' "'Madam,' said the child, "'I believe that you alone know the way to the castle of Come and Never Go, and I pray you to show it to me.' "'Very good,' replied the witch, with something that she meant for a smile. "'But to-day it is late. To-morrow you shall go. Now enter, and you shall sleep with my lizards.' "'I cannot stay,' said he. "'I must go back at once, so as to reach the road from which I started before day dawns.' "'If I tell you, will you promise me that you will bring me this jar full of many-coloured water from the spring in the courtyard of the castle?' asked she. "'If you fail to keep your word, I will change you into a lizard forever.' "'I promise,' answered the boy. Then the old woman called to a very thin dog, and she said to him, "'Conduct this pig of a child to the castle of Come and Never Go, and then care that you warn my friend of his arrival.' And the dog arose and shook itself and set out. At the end of two hours they stopped in front of a large castle, big and black and gloomy whose doors stood wide open, although neither sound nor light gave any sign of presence within. The dog, however, seemed to know what to expect, and after a wild howl went on. But the boy, unsure of whether this was the quarter of an hour when the giant was asleep, hesitated to follow him, and paused for a moment under a wild olive that grew nearby, the only tree which he had beheld since he had parted from the dove. "'Oh, heaven, help me!' he cried. "'Cross, cross,' answered a voice. The boy leapt for joy as he recognized the note of the owl of which the swallow had spoken. And he said softly in the bird's language, "'O wise owl, I pray you to protect and guide me, for I have come in search of the bird of truth, and first I must fill this jar with the many-colored water in the courtyard of the castle.' "'O do not do that,' answered the owl but fill the jar from the spring which bubbles close by the fountain with the many-coloured water. Afterwards go into the aviary opposite the great door, but be careful not to touch any of the bright plumaged birds contained in it which will cry to you, each one, that he is a bird of truth. Choose only a small white bird that is hidden in a corner, which the others try incessantly to kill, not knowing that it cannot die, and be quick, at this very moment the whole has fallen asleep, and you have only a quarter of an hour to do everything. The boy ran as fast as he could and entered the courtyard, where he saw the two spring close together. He passed by the many-colored water without casting a glance at it, and filled the jar from the fountain whose water was clear and pure. He next hastened to the aviary, and was almost deafened by the clamor that rose as he shut the door behind him. Voices of peacocks, voices of ravens, voices of magpies, each claiming to be the bird of truth. With steadfast face, the boy walked by them all, to the corner, where, hemmed in by a hand of fierce crows, was the small white bird he sought. Putting her safely in his breast, he passed out, followed by the screams of the birds of bad faith which he had left behind him. Once outside, he ran without stopping to the witch's tower and handed the old woman the jar she had given him. "'Become a parrot!' cried she flinging the water over him. But instead of losing his shape, as so many had done before, he only grew ten times handsomer, for the water was enchanted for good and not ill. Then the creeping multitude around the witch hastened to roll themselves in the water and stood up human beings again. When the witch saw what was happening, she took a broomstick and flew away. Who can guess the delight of the sister at the sight of her brother bearing the bird of truth? But although the boy had accomplished much, something very difficult yet remained, and that was how to carry the bird of truth to the king without her being seized by the wicked courtiers, who would be ruined by the discovery of their plot. Soon, no one knew how, the news spread abroad that the bird of truth was hovering round the palace, and the courtiers made all sorts of preparations to hinder her reaching the king. They got ready weapons that were sharpened and weapons that were poisoned. They sent for eagles and falcons to hunt her down, and constructed cages and boxes in which to shut her up if they were not able to kill her. They declared that her white plumage was really put on to hide her black feathers. In fact, there was nothing they did not do in order to prevent the king from seeing the bird, or from paying attention to her words if he did. As often happens in these cases, the courtiers brought about that which they had feared, they talked so much about the bird of truth that at last the king heard of it, and expressed a wish to see her. The more difficulties that were put in his way, the stronger grew his desire, and in the end the king published a proclamation that whoever found the bird of truth should bring her to him without delay. As soon as he saw this proclamation, the boy called to his sister, and they hastened to the palace. The bird was buttoned inside his tunic, But, as might have been expected, the courtiers barred the way and told the child that he could not enter. It was in vain that the boy declared that he was only obeying the king's commands. The courtiers only replied that his majesty was not yet out of bed, and it was forbidden to wake him. They were still talking, when, suddenly, the bird settled the question by flying upwards through an open window into the king's own room. Alighting on the pillow, close to the king's head, she bowed respectfully and said, My lord, I am the bird of truth whom you wish to see, and I have been obliged to approach you in the manner because the boy who brought me is kept out of the palace by your courtiers. Then they shall pay for their insolence, said the king, and he instantly ordered one of his attendants to conduct the boy at once to his apartments, and in a moment more the prince entered, holding his sister by the hand. Who are you? answered the king, and what has the bird of truth to do with you? If it please your majesty, the bird of truth will explain that herself, answered the boy. And the bird did explain, and the king heard for the first time of the wicked plot that had been successful for so many years. He took his children in his arms, with tears in his eyes, and hurried off with them to the tower in the mountains, where the queen was shut up. The poor woman was as white as marble for she had been living almost in darkness, but when she saw her husband and children, the color came back to her face, and she was as beautiful as ever. They all returned in state to the city, where great rejoicings were held. The wicked courtiers had their heads cut off, and all their property was taken away. As for the good old couple, they were given riches and honor, and were loved and cherished to the end of their lives. That concludes the story of The Bird of Truth, and we hope you enjoyed it. We believe there is nothing more important than family, and we know that shared experiences are one of the best ways for families to connect, so we invite you to enjoy these and other stories together. We'd also appreciate a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Tales from Long Ago podcast, brought to you by Eric and Marilyn McDonald at tutusandfairytales.com. Thanks again for listening and we hope you'll be back again for another story soon.